something that each of us can identify to. Um, um, just picture with me, in each of our hearts, we all have a part of us that's still a, a, a child. And I want you to picture a little boy or a little girl sitting by the side of the bed writing this note. Dear Father, you brought me into this world. You gave me life and love and breath. Though we haven't always been close, you still love me and looked out for my best interest. A lot of times I've messed up, but you took me back with open arms and held me tight so I felt safe from the storms of life. There were times I wish you'd just leave me alone, but looking back, I'm glad you never did. But instead, you sent your own son to die for all my mistakes. And though I know I'm adopted, I've never felt anything but accepted and loved just as I am. I know I fall and mess up a lot of times, but I'm glad I can call out to you with, by the precious name of Abba, Father. Thank you for loving me and caring for me each day of my life. Father, I love you. Love your child. Just tell our Heavenly Father that right now before we go into the Word. Let's just stand and say, Father, I love you. Father, I love you. Thank you for saving my soul. Thank you for being here with me. Thank you for providing. Thank you for, for guiding and directing us. Lord, we love you. We love you, Father. And God, on this Father's Day, may you know the, the joy that's in our heart as children of God. For God, we love you and we thank you for our salvation. We love you, Lord. We love you, Father. Hallelujah. If you'll stay standing, we will read from the Word. Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15, starting at verse 11. Then he said, A certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me my portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided them to his livelihood. And not many days after, the young son gathered all together journeyed into a far country, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. But when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in the land, and he began to be in want. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate. And no one gave him anything. But when he came to his, himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and held, had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight 
and am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servant, Bring out the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet, and bring the fatted calf here and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, and they began to be merry. Heavenly Father, in this today, in this reading, we see the heart of God. And Father, we're touched by your Spirit. We're moved by your grace. And God, the love that you have for us is far beyond our understanding. But Lord, we ask that this day you would give us a special revelation. That God, you'd open our hearts and our minds. And that God, we might receive at your hands this morning. Lord, may this word penetrate. May our hearts be soft and tender. And may we receive it as it is, the word of God, a message for each of us. And Lord, may your anointing be upon this pastor to bring forth this word, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah. This parable of the prodigal son has been called the Prince of Parables. It's been the door of hope for so many who have wandered. So let us consider this morning, first of all, the selfish demand that was made. Verse 12. Give me the portion of goods. Now if that sounds familiar to you, that's because... It's a common attitude in our day. He wants everything, and he wants it now. He's only interested in his own desires. He's only interested in that which would satisfy him. He just has personal gratifications that needs to be satisfied. He has no thought about tomorrow. He has no thought about his elder brother who's going to be alone and going to have to double up on the amount of work that he's going to have to do. He's only interested in himself. He's not uh, certainly thinking about his father's feelings and I, I'm amazed as I read this over that nowhere in there does it really... This boy was gone for a long time. And there's not a thing there that's mentioned about the grief that the father's feeling. Only the fact that he was longing and he was waiting and he was looking... 
but I'm sure his feelings were hurt. And the attitude of the young people today is, you owe me. I mean, I've got this coming to me. And so that carries right over into the attitude that we have towards our Heavenly Father. We come to our Heavenly Father and uh, we use this same kind of an attitude. I want it and I want it now. You owe me. The truth is he doesn't owe us anything. But he's given us everything. As a consequence, little value is placed on the provisions of God. There's a complete lack of gratitude for the things we have, which God has provided. And so we come to the Father demanding, and that's where this uh, name it and claim it type thing comes from, you know. I'm a king's kid. I deserve this. And you ought to give it to me. And I need it right now. And I'm going to have it. Secondly, let's look at the wayward journey. Verse 13. It says he went into a far country. Far country. And that represents a condition or a sphere where the Father is unknown. The child not only chooses not to obey the Father or to work for Him, but now He wants to get as far away from Father as possible. The Son must have gotten himself into a terrible uh, state an awful condition to have these kind of feelings now pleasure is his only goal in life I just want to go and do my thing and I want to have life the way I want to have it, regardless of what Father thinks. So I'll just get away from Father. That way I can do what I want to do. And then we come to the reckless life. And there wasted his substance, it says. All the fellowship that had been possible or would have been possible with the Father is now lost. The provisions that the Father had so graciously supplied were now just thrown away. And as a result, what a waste. What a waste. 
And the sad part is that the son is in such a state of mind that he doesn't even realize his condition. And this describes the unbeliever in our world today, or the backslidden. They're in such a state that they don't even realize that God has supplied everything. They have no gratitude towards God whatsoever. In fact, they don't even realize that they are wasting the most precious gift that can be given to anyone, and that is the gift of life. Can you imagine that? Countless thousands of people out there this morning, this morning, wasting that which God has given to them. They're trying to fill life with pleasure. Yesterday, as we were over at the picnic area, the wife and I, we walked down to to the boat harbor. And some of those big yachts in there had to run into the hundreds of thousands of dollars. And they just sitting there. And here's big motorhomes. Another big chunk of change. Just trying to fill life with pleasure regardless of what God would have them to do. And then we see the miserable plight. Verse 14. When he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine. A mighty famine is sure to overtake all those who wander away from God. Sometime, somewhere, somehow, we all come to the end of our rope. You know, my mother used to have this saying, and I'm sure she picked it up somewhere else, but she used to say, give them enough rope and they'll hang themselves. Well, that's exactly what God does. And for 38 years, I'm running away from God. I'm trying to fill the vacancy in my life with everything else. But finally, God gave me enough rope. And I came to the end of myself. And I began to cry out for God. You know, the hungry soul who spends their gift on that which is not bread is bound to go hungry eventually. Some people have to learn the hard way. prodigal found out through a bitter experience 
Psalm 68 and verse 6 says, The rebellious dwell in a dry land. The rebellious dwell in a dry land. Which brings us to a despairing effort. Verse 15. He went and joined himself to one of the citizens of the country. He had willingly given away all of his substance. I mean a big spender from the east. I mean rounds for the house. Everything. Just give, give it away like there's no end to the money. I mean dad had a money tree back home. And he picked off a bushel of it. And he was just spending it everywhere. He didn't even stop to consider that, hey, one day this is going to run dry. And what a costly mistake it was. I saw on television a few weeks ago, I think it was on 90 Minutes or one of those, 48 Hours or I don't know, one of those news programs. And out on the West Coast, they were all these young runaways. Boys and girls alike that were prostituting themselves just to have a place to lay down their heads. And then eventually they were getting into drugs. They were either dealing or they were a part of the problem. In fact, they were probably doing both. They had no sense of values anymore. Whatever was right in their own eyes, that's what they did. They were selling themselves to be used for porno films. And they had no conscience about it being wrong. Sad world we live in, isn't it? Then we come to the friendless condition, and that kind of describes what, what was going on on the West Coast, most certainly. But here in verse 16 it says, No man gave unto him. No man gave unto him. He'd sold himself for naught. He was in a wretched and a self-ruined condition. Can you imagine envying swine? He'd gotten to the point in life where he envied the pigs he was feeding. At least they had some pods in their stomach. And he would have gladly eaten some of the hog food. What a miserable condition he'd gotten into. No man gave him. I want to tell you something. You know, in this world, when you run out of money, many times you run out of friends. That's the world's way attitude. And I can remember one time 
As a young man, I had no bank account to speak of. My wife and I were just getting going in the world. And I had to move because I had military orders. I had to move from Denver, Colorado to North Carolina. And you don't move a house trailer for nothing. Not even back in those days. I had a little pickup truck that I had fixed, uh, had a hitch put on it and everything, it was supposed to haul it, but that truck would not haul that trailer. It was all over the road. And yet, Uncle Sam said, you will be in North Carolina on a certain day. My wife, and she was pregnant at the time, I guess, with our second child, some or something, some reason she had gone ahead that she had flown to her folks' house in, in uh, Detroit and was staying over in Canada. And I called all over trying to find some money to have that house trailer moved. The government would give me the money back as soon as I got to North Carolina. But you know, without credit, you can't borrow. And I called all my brothers and sisters, and all of a sudden they didn't know me. Finally, I called Betty's father. And I want to tell you, that's a humbling experience. And I asked him if they could lend me the $500 till I got to North Carolina. Well, you know, he did it, but he didn't know how much he could trust me with that $500. But all of a sudden it came to me that sometimes you get more out of a stranger than you do out of family. Here's a man that's in need. And... You know, he, he went back to his father. Well, you know, it's amazing how Dad is always there as a meal ticket. He can always open up his wallet. All of a sudden, you got a real need for Dad. You can bashuse uh, Dad, talk against Dad. All kinds of things, but when you get down to need, we see a noble resolve. Verse 18, he said, I will arise and go to my father. All of a sudden, home didn't look so bad anymore. This act of madness had kind of ended says in verse 17, he says, he came to himself. All of a sudden, the light dawned on him. Hey, dad's not such a bad old guy. I can go home. Did you know that my father's servants have enough to eat and have some left over? Why am I out here starving to get death? I can go to dad. 
Let me ask you, what is it going to take to get some people to look up and to cry out to God? You know, some people really have to hit rock bottom before they before they'll come to God. In fact, most of us, I guess, because we're proud. We're arrogant. And yet Father stands there and we see a gracious reception. Verse 20. says he fell on his neck and kissed him. Boy, that's not the reaction that the boy was expecting. I mean, he expected the back of dad's hand. Going to put him out in the field as one of the servants. He didn't get what he deserved. Nor did he treat him in the way that his son expected. And here we really see the heart of God. And that, that's the greatest thing about this parable. It's not the story of the, of the prodigal as much as it is revealing the heart of God. He loved the son in spite of what he had done. Not because of what he had done, but in spite of what he had done. Regardless. He stands here with open arms, waiting, waiting. Says, well, he was a long way off. The father went to him. The father made the first step. As long as the son was on his way, father met him more than halfway. And father will meet you more than halfway today. Amen? If you'll just start in that direction, if you'll just... Start now to, to go back to where God wants you. Go back to Father. Father will meet you more than halfway. There's a song that says, Oh, how He loves you. Oh, how He loves me. Oh, how He loves you and me oh how he loves me oh how he loves you oh how he loves you and me he he gave his life what else could he do? Oh, how he loves you. Oh, how he loves me. Oh, how he loves you and me. He's given his life. What else can he do? Oh, how he loves you. Uh, that's the message from God this morning. 
Father says, I love you. I love you. I, I don't care what you've done. If you'll just start back to me right now, I'll forgive you. I love you. I long to have fellowship with you. I never meant for you to get way off out there in that far country and be deserted and without provision. That was your choice. But if you'll come unto me, all ye that are heavy laden, if you'll come unto me, I will give you rest for your soul. And the Father is calling this morning. Let's just bow our heads in prayer. His grace is sufficient. Hallelujah. His grace is truly sufficient. Let's just dedicate ourselves once again to Father on this Father's Day. Father, I give myself to you. I return unto you knowing that I have not always done the thing that you've called me to do. I've wandered and I've squandered. But today, today I'm uh, convicted in my heart of the love that you have for us. The provision that you've made for us. Father, we ask your forgiveness and we return today. Lord, I believe you're going to meet us right here, right now. And we're going to sense the love that only you have for us. People may fail us, but God will never. Father, thank you for being a caring and a loving father. Lord, be with us as we go from this place. Keep us in the palm of your hand. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.